Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. All this pretty green stuff in the air is not good for a human being's sinuses. Pollen. And I'm not a bee. I'm a beard. I don't like pollen. <laughs> it's no good for this little man, I promise you that. But I want to try to save my voice. So we're having a, a lot of sound problems, but in the next couple of months, just bear with me. We got some new sound coming to this church. We're going to put a new sound board. We're going to get us sounding right. You know, I told someone the other day, I said, you know the reason why we have so many guests at Business Centerpoint Pentecostal Church? They said, no, what was the reason? I said, well, all the kids are making their, making their parents come to Centerpoint to hear the pastor. That sounds like a chipmunk. <laughs> but anyhow, praise the Lord. But that's all fixing to be fixed. We're fixing to get us some great sound in this place. We have it all set up, and I'm excited about that. I think sound in a Pentecostal church means everything. Can I get an amen? Amen. There's nothing like great sound. Well, today I'm going to be out of my norm. I'm going to um, I'm going to do some teaching, maybe a little bit of preaching or treaching and whatever you want to call it. But um, I just feel like God has directed me in in this message this morning to teach to this church. And I believe, not a doubt, in my mind, what I have to teach this morning is very valuable for you, and it needs to be very valuable to each and every one of us. But first of all, I want to—I just want to thank y'all, our guests, one more time. Thank you for coming to Center Point Pentecostal Church to worship your God. Amen. Today, today I get to preach from one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. It's found in uh, Matthew chapter six and verse 33, thirty-three. You hear me quoted so often. But a lot of people, I want to help you today. A lot of people wonders, you know, when we start living a God for God, where do all our blessings come from? Where truly our true blessings come from? And it's a good question, and we all need answers. And I believe I have an answer today for this church, the reason why we are blessed. If we do this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us, the key of this verse if you seek first God's kingdom, everything in life will be added unto us. Everything. And that's the main thing, is seeking God. We get the, great, we get the, the greatest package of the deal. God gets my sinful life. He gets my old wrecked up life. He gives me a, a garment of pure white. My life has changed instantly once I received the Holy Ghost. And he got nothing and I got everything. Amen. But as I begin to live for the Lord, as I begin to seek God for, and his kingdom and his righteousness, remember, not my kingdom, but God's kingdom. My will, but his will be done. It's what God is looking for. But once you begin to do that, automatically, God will pour out blessings on you. The word says that we will not be able to contain. That's God's words. And that's for those who seek him. David said, I seek him in the morning and noon and afternoon. He seeked him all day long because he knew where his true blessings came from. It didn't come from man. It didn't come from mom and dad. It came from Jesus. 
You know, I told someone yesterday, if you got your health, you're blessed. I said, if you got your health, you're blessed. And listen, and that's something very valuable to have. But I promise you this, Jesus said he would heal all our iniquities. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. I heard Brother Borlon say this morning, Sister um, Brittany, about your father. He will heal all of them. Everyone. He's the healer. And today, somehow, I want to put it in our spirit today, how we truly continue to reap the blessings of God. I'm going to be teaching today out of Matthew chapter 5 is that be attitudes. Christians, it's the attitude for each and every one of us. <laughs> when you have these attitudes that I'm going to teach on this morning, they are, they are the attitudes that we ought to have in everyday life. Amen. Amen. So if you're wondering where your blessings come from, I hope to help you today. And if I don't get to finish this lesson today, it will take up in two weeks. How's that? Praise the Lord. Praise God. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Where do our blessings truly come from? Matthew chapter 5 verses 1. Starting in 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The New International says it like this. God blesses those who realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is given unto them. Blessed are those in poor in spirit. So what Jesus is saying in, in our Beatitudes here is that when you have the poor spirit, meaning the right spirit, that God would bless us beyond any measure. Bless are the poor in spirit. So many days we go through life and we go through this journey that we call life. And we forget how much we truly need Jesus. We forget that he's there waiting for us and wanting to answer and to take care of all of our problems. When we realize this, most of the time the bottom done fell out of everything. When we realize how much we truly need Jesus. And we find ourselves broken lost and undone. That's mainly the most crucial time in anyone's life is when we're down and out. It's when, it's when we truly need to know that there's a God that's able to help us. Amen. But I'm here this morning to tell someone under the sound of my voice, you don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom before you call on Jesus. Come on, you can save yourself a lot of pain and a lot of heartaches and, and trials and sleepless nights and, go, and the list goes on. That's all you got to do. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you're facing in life. It's just stop that moment 
and lift your hands to Jesus and call on him. And I promise you, the God that I serve will run to your rescue. Come on. Lord, I want to always remember the need for you in my life. Every one of us needs to really realize that we need God. Not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but we need God seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I'll go further than that. Every second of the day, we need God. We need to realize how important he is in our lives. We need to realize that I need you, God, in my life. I need you. Why? Because God is the only one that can fix stuff in our life. We can't fix those things. Some things are just out of our control. That's why we need Jesus. Come on, we need Jesus to step in. We need Jesus to take care of some things in our life that's out of our control. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody. When we take our promise, I, I, I said I wasn't going to holler, but, but then it is in me. I guess I'm going to have to holler. I guess I'm going to have to preach this. Praise the Lord. But we need to always realize that God can fix a whole lot more in my life than I can fix of myself. Amen. Matthew 5 and 4, it says, And bless they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. That means it's all right to cry. It's truly, it's all right to cry. But Jesus said he would comfort us. It's okay to cry out to God in tragedy. When it hits your home or your family or someone you love, it's all right to cry out to God. It's all right to cry out to God when you lose your sense of direction. Because it's so easily done. We can lose direction sometimes. When we don't stay completely, totally committed and focused on Jesus. Sometimes the devil will lure us to this way or to that way and take us and, and just take all our distractions away from us. I mean, and put a lot of distractions in front of us and take away our purpose and our vision from where God is trying to take us. Amen. Because it's out there. There's so many distractions. Everywhere you look, people will distract you. Internet will distract you. Your iPhone will distract you. Come on, your neighbors will distract you. Hey, your co-workers will distract you. There's many distractions in here in, in this world that we live in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But Jesus said, it's all right to cry out to him in, the t in those times that he said he would comfort us. Do you realize Jesus Christ, God Almighty, in 23 is still speaking peace in people's lives? Come on, can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. Hey, I'm telling you. Just as it was in the days when they were in a ship and the waves came and the storms came and the winds blew and the rain descended against the boat. Hey, when Jesus stood at the bow and said, Peace, be still. Believe me, they have to obey. When you're going through problems that you can't handle, Jesus, I need you. And I promise you, he will speak peace in every situation and every part of your life. Amen. He'll do it. I say he'll do it. Praise God. Praise God. And many times, many of us feel broken. We feel undone. We feel discouraged. We feel depressed. But it's those times that we need to acknowledge him. And those times that God will do what we need him to do. 
There's times in my life, hey, even as a pastor, I got to walk in my woods and I got to scream out to him, Jesus, I can't take depression no more. I can't take all this anymore. And something comes over me. A calmness comes over me. I, my first cousin, Brother Francois, built me a, a deer stand. And that deer stand stood about 20 feet in the air. And this thing is made out of angle and you name it. So I remember a long, several years ago when I first became pastor with everything coming against me. Because, hey, let me tell you something. The target's on your, on your, on your pastor. And your target's on your family. Your target's on everybody that's trying to live for God. Come on, somebody. But I can remember a time my first cousin built me a real nice tall deer stand and I wanted to get close to God. And that was the only way truly that day I could get close to God. You know, I'm 5'7", so I'm not close to God. <laughs> Some of you that are six feet, you, hey, it probably didn't take you long to get the Holy Ghost because you're so close to God. But I wasn't as fortunate as you are. But I can remember a time I went into the woods and, and I'm, I'm just, I mean, it's uh, summertime, you know, it ain't time to hunt deer or, or outlaw or none of that other stuff, you know what I'm talking about? So it's just time for me to go talk to Jesus. So anyhow, I get, in, I get on top of that stand, Brother Wayne, and I climb to the top, and I'm sitting there, and I'm enjoying my talk with Jesus. And I'm, tears are rolling down my face, and I just, I feel his presence. I'm so close to him. You know, there's times we just got to just cry out to him. But the Bible says if we cry out to him, he'll hear our cry. He'll wipe all the tears from our eyes and make us completely changed in that moment. So I'm up there, Brother Francois, and I'm talking to Jesus. And something caught my attention on the left side of my, on the left side. I seen a shadow. I said, huh, what was that? Stop me from praying. And I looked to the left. Sure enough, a big old bobcat. Well, you know, I'm, I'm an evangelist this morning, so, you know, I'm a, <laughs> a bobcat. <laughs> okay, a bobcat. <laughs> so I seen this bobcat, and I'm like, my goodness, I don't even have a gun up here. I look up, Jesus, and that's all I have is you. So here are my prayers. So it didn't fear me. But I looked again. I'm watching the bobcat. I look again, and there's another one, a little bit taller. A five seven, so it's bigger. You know the devil always magnifies things. Come on, somebody. He always makes things look bigger than they are. He always makes sickness look worse than it is. Come on, he always makes sin look bigger than than the God that we serve. Come on, somebody. So I looked over there. I seen the second bobcat, and I said, "Oh my goodness! I don't even have a gun up here." And with fear, put the fear in me, brother Rodney. This big dude jumps and sticks to a tree. I'm talking about taller than me. Pump. And I'm not thinking to myself, I didn't know bobcats climbed trees. I said, now Jesus, this bobcat can meet me in this stand and eat me up. And Sister Mary won't know what happened to me. It was so nice talking to you, Jesus. I see you in my living room or my bedroom next time. Got out of that tree stand and went back to my room. I mean, into my house. And I say all that and say this. Even those times, God will comfort us. 
when we call on him, when we realize that he is mighty and that he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, but most of all, he's all-caring. He can do it and he will do it if we are just would allow him to. He still speaks peace even in 23 in the world that we are living in. I'm next in five and five. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meek. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Meek. Y'all been meeting any meek people? They aggravate me. Seriously, they make me so mad. They're the, they the type of people, you know, where, you know, you're madder than a firecracker and you're like, and you want to vent off to them and you're like, man, I don't know what's wrong with them people. I could just take them sometimes. And they're, oh, it's going to be all right, Brother Beard. <laughs> just pray about it. I hate those people. <laughs> they got it all together. I don't. I don't have that meek spirit. I got to get it though. How? God help me. But I got to have it. But I don't, I don't have that spirit in me. Well, listen what the, the NIV says. God blesses those who are gentle and lowly. For the whole earth will belong to them. That's meek people he's talking about. Meek. Hey, they had a man, a husband and a wife is going down the road and they're in a big old argument. And man, they're fussing and they're fighting and they're just carrying on in this automobile. And so it got quiet in the car because they both were getting to each other. They said, hey, we just need to keep quiet for a minute. And they did. So the husband with his meek spirit, oh, did I say that? But anyhow, the husband with his meek spirit says, baby, I am so sorry I pushed all your buttons. He said, the only thing I was looking for was mute. And I can promise you this, and that started all over again. Come on, somebody. My little meek wife, she's like that. She's one of these meek people. She said, oh, Carl, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I thought I finished with them. <laughs> I believe in the Old Testament, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I'm just joking. <laughs> if that was the case, you know, I'm telling you a story because I still have all my teeth. They might not be yellow, I mean, shiny, they might be yellow, but I still have them all. But I am 59. But anyhow, me. We're going down the highway right here off of 115, right before we get in the church, yeah, Pastor Anna's wife. We're on 115 right here. We're arguing. We are, I mean, it's hot in the truck. I mean, hot. And Brother Riley, we were back and forth. Then my little meek wife, she just, she just shuts down on me. And I'm ready for the argument. I'm ready. Let's finish this. You know how we are. We got to get the last word. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't act like all of you are just Holy Ghost filled saints that don't do nothing, say nothing. Or, or, yeah, right. But I remember, Brother Rodney, I was so aggravated with her because she shut down on me. 
I wanted to finish what I started. Come on. She's looking to the right, and I'm looking all the way to the left, and we almost went into a head-on collision on the highway. <laughs> the meek shall inherit the earth. Do you realize words not said sometimes are better off? Well, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Go buy a lemon, a lemon pie and get a piece of your pie instead. No, seriously, the meek shall inherit the earth. So what about giving them a little piece of your Jesus? So I need a whole lot of Jesus. I don't know about you guys. I know none of you guys fight without fight. But I need a whole lot of Jesus sometimes in my life. But you know what happens when I get a whole lot of Jesus? I get a whole lot of less of Carl Beer too. Amen. But the meek, the meek shall inherit the earth. Amen. You know like I know, we all live in the same world. Well, people can push those buttons. And if we don't have enough Jesus on the inside, we're going to do and say some things that we shouldn't do or say. What Jesus says, if we hold our peace, the Lord will fight our battles. Come on, somebody. And the reason why we are fighting so many of our own battles is because we fail to hold our peace. I'm going to assure them, oh, yeah, you will. Yes. Hey, you remember in school when you took a test and you failed the grade, you know, or you failed the test, you had to retake it? Same thing living for Jesus. When we fail to do what he says or, or whatever he, we need to do, we retake the test. And I promise you this, you're going to continue to retake a test until you pass it. It's the same thing with Jesus. If we are going to be called the children of God, then we must act like the children of God. We must present ourselves as holy children of God without spot or blemish or without these little rough edges. You know, sometimes you just hate to ask people, hey, how you doing today? Two hours later, you're like, my God, why did they... Why did I even ask them how they were doing? Come on. You almost like to sit on and, and, and take the violin out. Come on, somebody. You know what I realize about those people? Wrong in their life. And you know what you call that? Miserable people. And you know what misery wants? It's company. So guess what? If they're always talking about the bad stuff in life, they're also talking about you, your grandma, your grandpa, your children, your aunt, your uncle, everybody. Because there's nothing meek about them. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I can remember just a few years ago we had some new converts came to this church. And I can remember them going to eat with just a very small crowd, and God, for, I for, God forbid this to be in our church. I'm just going to preach this this morning. We got a big spirit. I don't care how you feel on the inside. 
I don't care what people do to you. I don't care how wrong do they do you. You're still going to have a meek spirit. I can remember a young convert calling me one, one, one Sunday evening crying like a baby. I said, are you okay? And that person said, no. I went to the dinner table with some of the people in the church, and that's all they could do was talk bad about our church people, and it broke my heart. That's not meek. That's sowing discord. That is tearing down with God. It's trying to build up. That's not God. That's wicked. And you're destroying new people. It's like taking a newborn baby and giving it up for adoption because you're killing that child. Who I'm teaching this this morning. We got to have a meek spirit, a godly spirit, a holy spirit that's going to build people up, not tear people down, not tear the church down, not tear your pastor down, not tear your brother and sister down. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning. God's spirit. And when you do that kind of stuff, it ensures the people who you serve. You don't serve the same God as me. <laughs> you better, I want you to hear me. You don't serve the same God as me if you're doing that kind of stuff. There ain't nothing meek about you. You're full of spirits that needs to walk down to an altar and let me, oh. You know, some people are love for them. There's some people, not everybody. I mean, come on. We, I pastor a great church, but there's just a handful. I would like to take them right here. I'm being a pastor this morning. And said, I want you to take your tongue out and lay it on this altar. And I'll probably have to go on the other end of, on it with all. That thing was stretching right here. And I would have to come right here in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Meek! Be slow to speak. A soft word will push away anger. Come on. It would die fires out in my church, in my family, in my friends' lives. Woo! And listen, I'm not trying to sharpen my axe. I'm just trying to teach us what kind of spirit we're going to have to have if we plan on going to heaven. Woo! Got to have a meek spirit. Got to. I remember going to a men's meeting. And Brother Elmer, I was brought up 30-something years ago. I was in old school. I came up in old school Pentecost. Well, we feared God. Well, we believed the word completely. And we believed all the word, not just some of the word. I remember I was taught if someone would stand up and begin to speak in tongues automatically, they were charismatics. And if we're not careful, we can carry this judgmental spirit that God hates. Do we judge anything and everything and everybody? That's not the will of God. But that's how I was brought up. We couldn't do nothing. We couldn't, we couldn't play baseball. We couldn't go to skating rings. Man, they preached so hard against wedding bands, rings. I was scared to eat onion rings. (laughs) 
But through the years, that's been an argument. Is putt butt golf right? Come on, let's put the right thing in order. Let's just worry about people getting saved. Let's worry about people getting changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. And quit worrying about, ooh, quit. Oh, my God. Did you see how they were dressed? Oh, my God. Did you see how they looked? I can't believe. Leave the people alone. No, come on. Leave these people alone. With your self-righteous spirit. Leave these people alone and let them come to God. Let them get the Holy Ghost. Let them get changed. Oh. Come on, let God change them. Come on, we want to judge everybody. God did not send us here to judge the world. Jesus did not come over here to judge the world. He came to save the world. And our job, our job, your job, my job is to save the world. How do we save them? We give them the gospel. How do we save them? We give them a testimony. And we tell them how good the God we serve is. Woo! And we got some drug addicts in this church that's been redeemed. We got alcoholics that's been redeemed. We had homemongers that's been redeemed. And who? Oh, God's not a respectable person. God came to seek and to them which are lost. And your judgmental spirit is not going to do it. Whew, I knew I was going to stay right there a little while. I knew it. But I got to preach it. And I'll go this far. If you want to condemn anybody in this church, condemn me. If you want to gossip about somebody, gossip about me. God's got my back. He will take care of me. We'll leave the church people alone. Leave the people that's coming to church alone. Let them be. Let them be. Hmm. The meek shall inherit the earth. <laughs> I can remember in Pentecost. Seriously. We used to bring people to church that didn't look like us, that did not worship like us, did not act like us. Brother Francois, you know, yeah, you are my witness, and you know what, exactly what I'm talking about. Them old preachers didn't have no wisdom, and what they did, they got behind this pulpit, and they didn't skin them. I mean, clean them, they skinned people. And they gave them a poor taste of Pentecost, and I refuse for anyone to give any one of our guests a poor taste of Pentecost because I believe this church is the church that God is waiting and expecting to move and to bless and to use in these last days. Mm. <laughs> I can remember Sister Mona. Mona Lee coming to this church. She said, you know what I loved about this church? When she first came to church, she said, no one judged me. Ooh. But let me tell someone in here. A while ago when I said they had a little dinner table discussion, let me tell you this. I want to insert this in your mind right now. Not everybody that comes to church is a Christian. Not everybody that comes to church is doing exactly what God is wanting them to do. Come on. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples, but he also had a Judas in those 12. 
They can always be a Judas amongst us. But Jesus says, know them that labor among you. Watch them. Reserve them. Because I'm telling you, if it ain't God, then guess what it is? Come on. If we're not acting on the things of God and doing the things of God and seeing the things of God, guess what we're doing? Who are we acting? It's not God's spirit. Flesh and our enemy, that's, that wars with our soul daily. And listen to me, let me help you. If you're over 60 years old, 70 years old, don't, pray, don't play Russian roulette with your life because you're too close from eternity. Well, I'll repent right before you die. How you know you're going to have that time? You might pull out this driveway, bam, it's over with. Then you face God with all that garbage. Oh, you're not listening to me this morning. This morning you face God with all that garbage. We got to have meek spirit churches. Church folks, we got to have a meek spirit. We got to have a humble spirit. We got to have a broken contrite spirit. Unto God, unto others. Let me move on. Some of, them, some of you are like, oh, thank you. Thank you for moving on. But we got to have a meek spirit. We got to have it. But he says, to be gentle and to be lowly. And then listen to me. I understand this. Especially in this demanding world we live in. We live in a very demanding world. Then this is the world. This is how they think. I got to have it. And I got to have it my way and no other way. It's hard to be meek and to be lowly in, that, in this kind of society. Because like I said, people are always trying to push your buttons. They want Brother Christopher, they want you at your office, all those secretary, ladies and those gentlemen you got working underneath you in your job, what they're waiting for, they want to push you to, into pressure. You know why? They want you to break. They want you to say that bad word. They want you to think that bad thought. And you know what they're going to say? Oh, I knew nothing. He had nothing. I knew what he had was not real. See, they're always trying to push our buttons. Brother Brent, on your job, the reason why you fight, you and Sister Melissa fight so much chaos is because they know on that sign that in, the front of your, uh, in the front of your shop, CPC, United Pentecostal Church, they know you stand for something. And that's why not just them, but the enemy is going to send those people to your shop and try to get them to push your buttons. But that meek spirit tells me, hey, I'm just going to let God take care of this. Come on, God is bigger than my problems. Hey, God can take care of all my needs. I ain't got to fight. I just got to just be quiet, at least for one time in your life, be quiet and see if God won't. Because he's going to honor that meek spirit. This war, this war we're fighting, remember this war we're fighting, it's not flesh and blood. But Brother Mickey, it would be so easy if me and you were fighting amongst each other, it would be for it's so easy for us to pull out a block and say, oh, why are you up right now? But it's not a flesh and blood battle. It's a spiritual battle. We're fighting against wickedness. Rulers. Come on. We're fighting against the adversary, the, 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 man, the one that's trying to destroy us. Mind. Body. And soul. But if we keep our hearts right and our minds right, guess who wins? Come on, guess who wins? We win because we keep the right attitude. What Job said, though he slay me, 
I'm going to trust him. It doesn't matter who he sends to destroy me. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. <laughs> and the devil will push you. He'll push you to the breaking point. And if you're not careful, you're going to fall off that little cliff. Amen. You know what kept me right all my life? Is everyone I ever witnessed to. What kind of hypocrite I would be, Sister Carol, if I was to fall into temptation or to sin. I'm not saying I'm exempt to that stuff. But if I don't keep the right spirit and the right Holy Ghost in my mind and the heart, my heart, anything's possible. Amen. But that's what kept me wanting to live for God. Because all these people I ever witnessed to all my life, you know who they depended on? Carl Beard. You're the only Bible that most people will ever read. That's why we got to be sending them the right message in our everyday life. I can remember people say, I don't know why you say that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you, the tempter comes to tempt. I remember sitting in my office, Brother Jeffrey, one, one morning, and this beautiful girl drives up, and I have my window open, my shade open. A pretty blind-headed girl drives up. She walks in my office and says, I want the keys to that car. I said, sure, give her the keys. She drives it down the road. I fill out some paperwork. She goes to the bank. She comes back. She says, well, banker says he can't do it. I owe you this, and I will trade you for something else. Her exact words. I said, young lady, come see. I said, look in this mirror. She looks in the mirror. I said, do you not realize how beautiful you are? She looks in the mirror. I said, no, do you re don't realize how pretty you are? She said, what do you mean? And I said, I said that you would sell yourself so cheap that you would even think about selling yourself so cheap. I said, number one, I'm not interested because I am a preacher. Number two, I'm a happily married man. He says, oh, sir, please forgive me. I said, sure, you're forgiven. I said, but before you leave, I'd love to pray for you. And as I laid my hands on this girl's head, tears began to roll down her face of repentance, asking for forgiveness. Never again I'd seen that girl in my life, who she was sit by, the tempter, the destroyer. Come on. No, hey, that's who he, that's who sent this. But then again, 30 minutes later, Sister Mary drives up. I say, where you was? <laughs> she said, what do you mean? I said, I had a devil came in his office trying to, she said, why not tell us the story? She says, oh my God, what did you do? I said, well, what do you think I did? I'm 33 years Holy Ghost filled. I ain't about to turn back. Not for you, not your grandma. Oh! Because I am running a race.
not for sale. This pulpit that Bishop Melgore left in this church is still in 23 not for sale. We're going to preach it. We're going to live it. We're going to obey it. And we're going to see Jesus. I say we're going to see Jesus. We're going to see Jesus do mighty works in this church. nutshell right here. We got to have enough God to be able to resist. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. Come on, if God before you and if God before me, who can? Who will be against us? Let's stand. Come on, who will? Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless and we hope to see you on the next episode.